Gab returned triumphantly. The uh, Your Favorite Podcast is back, and we are consistent. Three straight weeks. We're keeping it that way, and uh, it is good to keep your word. Be impeccable with your word. That will come up here shortly. But uh, this is Bailey and Harper, episode 50. This is a big one. Episode 50 is a big one. And uh, you have a personal connection to the 50 I think you may go with here. So I'll, I'll get mine out of the way. Uh, the Admiral, David Robinson. Oh, I, great I w- pick. I, I wish so much was a Charlotte Hornet right now, given how badly <laughs> that team needs a center at the moment. Um, and just some offensive production from that You division. know what, though? I watched Mason Plumlee last night at the game, dude. He's like an extra point guard on the, on the court. I don't dislike the, I don't dislike Mason at all. I, if, I would take Mason as my backup center in a second. There's no question about it. They're asking him to do too much. That's He's, true. They're asking him to do too much. He has to like be like a vital part I of like this Mason. team. I take Mason on yes. my team as a backup center right now absolutely all day long. But they need another five. So, anyway, David Robinson, that's mine. I my. can't wait till we get into the hole. Oh, we get, we'll get there. What, what else you got? <laughs> all right, uh, number 50. Uh, initially, first of all, it's a big, big football number. It's been a lot of greats to wear the number 50. Sure. That is a cool number. It's a, a lot great of number. People – in football, you would you would love to rock number fifty. Mm-hmm. Like that is a good number. Absolutely. In football, so um, that being said, the one the initial number person that comes into my mind that's how I usually think about it is Mike Singletary, mm-hmm. linebacker for the Chicago Bears. I grew up watching him in NFL's hardest not hardest hits, uh, hardest knocks, all those things like that with NFL films. He always known for the the crazy eyes, and his eyes are just going all over the place. <laughs> they would zoom in, and his eyes are just going left, right, left, right, left, right. And he's and the ball hikes, and he's all over the place. He's, you know, and of course led that great '86 Bears defense. But, but. the personal connection, yes, is my guy, number fifty, two-time Super Bowl champion Rob Ninkovich, my boy. Nink. That's my guy. Nink. Um, we he got was, draft. Was, I was watching him the other day. Uh, on, on, on Get Up. With the Brian Flores story, the day after it uh-huh. broke, right? What did he say? Passionate. Uh, well, I mean, that's his guy. He was passionately, you know, backing Brian Flores. But, uh, he is. Watch, he, lo- I, he loved B-Flow. That's saw, what he calls him. Saw him again him. this morning. Saw him again this morning. Um, but, yeah, Ninkovich. I kind of figured you'd go that route. I would. You know, that's my boy. He's uh, – it's crazy because, you know, just how life brings you full circle or who God puts in your life at certain times. Um, and you go through certain things. And so we were both drafted in 2006 by the Saints. Me in the second round. Uh, Rob was in the fifth round. Mm-hmm. Um, so he comes in. We First of all, our class was star-studded, all right? Like, when we look back, we were good. But anyways, so Rob never makes it. So Rob, our rookie year, he tears his ACL in the third third game of the season, the Atlanta Falcons game, in the big Monday night return on a kickoff. He get, kicks off. Nobody ever remembers this. He, like, is running down down the field, and he, like, plants to, like, make a guy miss and, like, blows his knee, like, plants. Uh-huh. And he's like, oh. And he, like, is, like, hopping on one leg, Kyle. And the dude that was supposed to block him blows his shit up. Oh. Like, just totally just decletes him on one leg. He's, like, trying to stay up. It's funny looking back on it. He got destroyed, right? And so, you know, as he saw the dude come, he tried to play. He's like, oh, oh, hopping on one leg. Dude doesn't, doesn't even break stride. Destroys Rob. <laughs> Blah, kills him. So, anyways, so Rob tears his knee, has an ACL and MCL damage. I end up tearing my ACL two games later. So we're both on IR, rookies, and we'd rehab together. So his rehab was in the same alignment as mine because I had isolated just ACL. He had MCL torn as well. So, yeah, he was two weeks behind me. And so by the time I tore mine and had surgery, 
we were like right in alignment with each other. So we everything we did rehab process wise, and mine was went a little bit better than his, um, especially initially early. But then, um, so we got became best friends. We were Winfred, Winfred and Tubbs is who they said we were in that <laughs> locker room that year, because it was like we were That's never funny. like not together. That's funny. And uh, you know, hanging out outside the locker room, like. We were literally, we were inseparable. And so that's my boy, man. And we still remain great, great friends till this day. And it's so good to see him. And he's doing his thing, man. He's so, truly, truly doing his thing. Interesting, right? Uh, you, first guy you mentioned, Mike Singletary. Um, picture of myself and Mike doing some radio at the uh, Charlotte Touchdown Club Speaker Series luncheon a couple of months ago. I would look it up and tell you why or exactly when it was, but I can't do that right now. Because I deleted all the social media off my phone. All right, it's gone. So I uh, found about out about this last night. And and was, did I text you that last night? Yes, we oh, talked about this. Right. I, told you that I last night. just found this out yesterday. I, okay, I thought that was two nights ago. But yeah, so it's been pretty much all week so far, going beautifully. I don't miss it for a second. So much more productive. Like just marveling at the things that I'm doing because I, mean, I already tried to be a productive person. But those things are designed to waste your time. Yes. They're designed to keep you hooked in. So I, I deleted it all, and it's been a great week. And um, So what all did you delete? Let's go into it. Uh, well, I mean, just the two that I use, really, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, my Instagram is connected to my Facebook so that for, you know, my elderly family members and such that don't use Instagram, like whatever I post there gets posted to Facebook as well. Nice. Um, but I very rarely check Facebook. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I, it's all gone from my phone. And I really wanted to delete it all. Honestly, I can't do that. But, no, you, know, you can't. You have a job. But I, I'm spending already far fewer time on it, much more deliberate. And uh, part of that, as I told you, what I say? Be Intent, intentional be with impeccable your impeccable with your word. Impeccable well, with it, your word. Impeccable with your word. That's important, right? So I got this, uh, this. There's a book. It's been a New York Times bestseller for like a decade. I'd heard about it. Never looked into it. Never really had you know, any interest until I was just scanning the bestseller list last night. The Four Agreements. Don Miguel Ruiz, um, Oprah Winfrey, you know, signs off on this, you know, endorses this. Uh, others do, too. But My wife loves the book. She loves this book. Mm -hmm. Really? I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Well, we've got something else to talk about next time I'm, I'm back over here. So, no, I love it. Like, I mean, these are things that you know, I already try to do. And so it's in, in some ways affirming to stumble on this. I'm not saying I'm great at it all the time, but like just for me, that resonates. Those four agreements, the be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. Mm -hmm. Don't make assumptions. Always do your best. Like, that's the simplest way. I mean, some people think that maybe that's too simple. I love that. Like, that's, that is fantastic. Well, he really goes into detail. And for, and it's, look, not everybody has those four agreements, right? So, right. like, you may have one or you may have two, but you may be missing this. And he, the way he eloquently puts it in words and kind of breaks it down for, oh, like, yeah. people that truly believe that they're always trying to do the right thing or in these places, like, maybe they do take things personal. So mm -hmm. it's a way to kind of reflect and actually put yourself in those positions. And he kind of goes through that in that book and really talks about those things, does a great dive in. I, I, my wife is... The whole time she was reading, she couldn't stop talking about it. And she's actually been able to use some of these things as she's in this betterment stage in her life. And she's always constantly trying to grow and be different. So, Kyle, I think this is an excellent place. I love that you're talking about this I've book. I'm very interested. I've always been highly resistant to anything like self-help books. Um, oh, really? I don't have anything against them. Yeah. Right? I don't. I just think a lot of them can be repetitive. And I think there are a lot of people who you know write self-help yeah. books that are not qualified to I'm do so. I'm with you on that. My, and my wife only, like, she has tons of self-help books. Right. So I don't like, like pop psychology books, like none of that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, you know, some things are okay. So like, I And actually, also, how many, how, many, how many times do you see people that read self-help books 
like read other self-help books. So I'm like, that first book didn't work either, right? Right, right. Well, why would I read another one? <laughs> right, exactly. So, I mean, that's, I, that's not something I've ever been drawn to. But I did read The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck a couple of years ago. Uh-huh. And again, I, I looked at it for a couple of years and I was like, that's, that seems like pop psychology bullshit. I don't really want to deal. I read it. I liked it. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I liked it. I'm not going to go around preaching the gospel, but I liked it. OK. And so uh, this I'm into so much so that I actually ordered a copy of the book last night, but I couldn't wait for it to get here. So I also ordered the audio book and started listening to it when I was walking around doing stuff. So uh, is that the audio book you were listening to earlier? No, I was listening the- to Deion Sanders earlier. Oh, OK, OK. I didn't know if you wild like- difference here between the two, although I think some of this stuff right here. probably. I mean, could you I, I didn't know if you like bought the version where Dion was reading it to you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Deion Sanders reading of Don Miguel Ruiz's The Four Agreements. I would pay extra for that. Absolutely. Hey, man, look, Dion already told y'all he bought this money right now. Dan, pa- So when I walked into your house a little while ago, and if you don't know, we're, we're like I'm energized right now because we're doing a uh, – n- this is not after dark. No, this is not after dark. We this, did not is, say uh, this is a.m., right? This yeah, is, this is before 12. This is before lunch. Yeah, yes. Bailey and Harper in the a.m. It's not noon yet. So <laughs> – uh, having a good day. I'm energized right now. I got an afternoon radio show coming up outside. But anyway, I walk through his front door. I've got Deion Sanders and Dan Patrick in my ear. And these guys are going at it. It's fantastic. And uh, he had Troy Aikman on earlier in the show. Mm-hmm. And he asked Troy Aikman who was a better athlete, Deion Sanders or Bo Jackson. And so uh, Deion, he Ooh. comes on and he says, hey, I asked Troy Aikman this question. I'm going to ask you who's a better athlete. And Deion said, well, I'm a better athlete. And uh, but then he starts getting complimentary of Bo, how big and powerful he was. And right, such. right, right. But then he goes, he goes, well, he could probably out-hunt me, but anything else? Nah, I'm going to beat him. Right? Out-hump? Out-what? Uh, out out-hunt. Oh, out-hunt. Because yes. Bo's a big, you know, Bo. Yeah, he is. Big but Dion does some of that, too. But Bo, look, the first time I ever met Bo Jackson, I was a little kid, and it was at a hunting lodge. Yeah. That makes <laughs> In sense. Alabama. That tracks, right? yes. That yes. absolutely tracks. I mean, yes, I love Bo. But T- Dion was hilarious. He said, but I'd outfish him. Right? So he, they keep, they're going back and forth, and Dion is hilarious. But, no, that's what I was listening to when I was walking in. But this book, getting back to it, um, yeah, The Four Agreements. Who, who cool. would you pick, Dion or Bo? Uh, better athlete? Yeah. I would have said Bo. I think I would say Bo as well just because mm-hmm. he's bigger. Like, in any time of form or shape when I'm like, all right, great athletes, mm-hmm. if they're both great athletes and one's bigger, I'll just take the bigger one. He, he could have been a Hall of Famer. <laughs> he could have been a Hall of Famer in both sports. But Dion had the better career because he he lasted. He didn't sure. get beat up. Bo and, could have been a Hall of Famer. But in Dion's both body's jacked now. His foot's all messed up with his toe and stuff. So mm-hmm. you know he struggled with a lot of turf toe while he played. So hey yeah. man, it's I mean, part of the game. Yeah, no, it's part I mean, I, of it. They wouldn't change anything. I, Anyways, I, back on your your no, book. There's nothing to it. I'm just saying I, I'm reading the book. So um, we encourage y'all. We both signing off on this book. Are we encouraging our listeners? Well, I mean, I haven't read it yet. I've listened to most of the audio book. Okay, All right, but well, I, I want to read it. You know, I, I want to go through it because I like listening to it. Mm-hmm. But I'm also ADD sometimes, so I, yeah, I yeah. get to drift away. And I it miss, might, yeah, it might not right. all of it. So yeah. I got to go back and check. So I mean, I, I got to listen to the whole thing. But I want the, I want to read the hard copy when I get it. But no, I, I'm into it. And um, again, as someone who is re- like naturally resistant to self help, it's not bad. I like it. I like it. All right, so uh, got that going on. Um, oh. Back, I, I, I like being regimented, despite the fact that my life has been absolute chaos for like two years now, and will continue to be with another child coming in like six months. Um, uh, you know, regimented helps me. You know, you just, I just always, you just, I, I don't know. You just shared that you're having another baby with everybody, like yeah, right now. That's public. Just, we posted that at Christmas. What do you okay, mean? Okay. Right. You knew that. I know, but it's the first time you've told people. I got a son. Congratulations. I got a boy coming. Hey, man. Dude, I'm just praying for good health, man. I'm very I'm, happy I'm, about I'm, it. I'm, you should be. I'm very happy about it. I mean, who, yeah. m- not most people don't get to shoot girl boy and then, you know. 
Right. Now it makes everything else. I mean, right. You're good. I mean, no, she wants three. Oh, well. So, but that's the thing, right? There's no pressure. So, like, I, I'm girl dad. Love it. Awesome. Coolest thing. I just hung out with her all morning. It's the best. But you know as well as I do. There's something that just hits a little different when they say, "Hey, you're having a son." For the no first doubt. Time. It hits a little different. Everybody that has a son would say that. Yeah, every father I think that has a son would say that. You know, yes. it just hits a little different. So uh, I'm pretty stoked about it, and we're going uh, cold. And it hits a it hits a lot differently when your first time you had a girl. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> it oh just, my god, yeah. It does. It hits a little differently. Trust Absolutely. me. I, and 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 now if Camille wants three, that's awesome. You know, and bless you guys and do more merit whatever you guys decide to do when it comes to your own family. But. Um, the pressure that will not be on you because, <laughs> you know, if you're like, okay, well, Camille only wants three kids. She's only, you know, sure. Cause women have to carry them and they do all the work. I mean, men, we try and help, but like they they do, they put in the work. Right. Sure. But so then for you, all right, if she's only going to have three and then like, if you have girl, girl, so you only have one, like it's a little pressure at that point. Mm-hmm. I feel like that men must, you know, men uh, put on themselves and everybody else does too. It, I mean, it's tough. Oh, I'm excited. And I know guys that are just girl dads. Oh yeah. No. I'm, I'm with, so anyway, the whole point of that was just to say like, I'm back doing like a 16, eight intermittent fast right now. I'm oh, oh you back on the grind grind. I'm back on the grind grind. And like, that's like being away from social media. Like you, you know, you have to do it, but you excuse it because it's part of the job. Like it truly is part of my job. Yeah. But so you, but what you end up doing is when your job is to constantly intake information and always have to be aware of the potential of new important information, right? You can get yourself into this zone where you, you feel like you're missing something or something's going to happen. It's not, right? And so you, you just have to be able to recognize it. I and mean, it on does, NBA trade day, right. this, is, like, this is your the, opinion, The Kyle. deadline's coming up in three – I mean, the Hornets, what are the, if they haven't done anything yet and there's three hours left to go, I have a hard time believing based on recent, he- recent history here they're going to do anything. Neither should they. I was at that game last night, Kyle. I was there. Like, what impact, like, what trade are you going to make that's going to, like, take you to the next level? What you need to do is is get your own team that you have to play in better. They need to play better. I don't think you trading and bringing – well, that's my opinion. And what they're willing to give up, nobody wants anyways. Yeah, no, I, look, I, I think that uh, this team's got some issues right now. They've lost six straight. Uh, they are the worst shooting team in the NBA in that stretch, and it's not particularly close. Um, they can't hit the broad side of a barn. Man, and they cannot. All they, of a sudden, they're they got off. a third of the rotation's injured. So you got no Gordon. He's out for a bit. You got no Cody Martin, no Jalen McDaniels, and Book Knights missed the last two as well. So they had their, their top three or four scorers last night, but so did Chicago. And DeMar DeRozan lit them up. Oh. Zach Levine lit them up. Oh, Ooh, they were so good. Oh, my. I mean, <laughs> Nikola Vucevic lit him up and beat him up on the boards. Oh, yeah, Vucevic. I mean, he is uh, – Yeah, he was. He's something else. Man. I used to play against him in NBA 2K all the time. So no, I, I, was, I, thought, I thought that was that story was going in a different direction. No, 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 no. You used to play against him where now? In uh, NBA 2K. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what pickup games were you a part of? Yeah, I'd no, like no, to no. hear more about this. Hey, 2K, dog, 2K. <laughs> 2K. Oh, it's funny. Most of most of all players, we all think we can be hoopers, so we like to play 2K. But, Anyways, but on the Hornets, real quick, the the funny, the the well, it's not funny. Um, the thing is, it like, was last night at times, Kyle, because like, like the game was close, and then all of a sudden Chicago went on this run, twenty-one and, to six to close and, the first half. Yeah, in the second quarter, you know, you looked up, and I'm like, the Hornets have only scored ten points all quarter. Yeah, they scored twenty-nine at the first quarter. <laughs> 
All right. And they got like 30 something. I'm like, dude. And the Horn the Bulls just keep racking it up. They're going on runs. Mm-hmm. You know, coach is trying not to call a timeout because he's like, bro, I got three guys ready to sub. Will somebody like like make and but the Hornets never have a sense of like, all right, who are we gonna get a ball to? We need a good bucket here. Sure. Can we just like give it to somebody? One on one, slow this breathing. Like, yep. They still, everybody's trying to like get their own rhythm. Well, that's because Gordon Hayward's not on the floor. <laughs> People, there, there's a healthy. Well, they're not healthy. There's a, a decent sized part of this fan base that just hates on Gordon Hayward all the time. But like, what they need somebody evidence? to be able to slow the game down. Well, like Demar Derozan, well, whenever things, do you, you need a guy to yes. go to, to knock Demar down Derozan the- at any given point in time, bro. He had a quiet thirty-three or thirty-some points last night, and that's crazy for me to say. Thirty-six, but I, I think. 36. I sat there and watched it. All right, I was with my boy Gerald, who invited me. Um, shout out to him. Shout out Gerald. Yeah, Gerald Henderson. Sorry, shout out to him. Oh, Hendo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he. He had a set and sitting with him in his element, he's like talking ball because he knows ball, right? He's a basketball yeah. player. And it's so cool being in. I told him that last night. I was like, dude, this is the first time I've actually been around you in like your own element where like you're around other ball players and like they respect his game. And like he played with some of these guys. Like he played against Ish Smith yeah, all, been, right. at Wake Forest. I'm like, right. I was like, Ish went to Wake? Yeah. He's like, yeah, bro. Like I played against all. And like, you know, he's like, you know, he said, Roman, watch this. And so he's like, our careers, I got compared a lot to DeMar DeRozan, our body types, like the, the whole game part of it. That makes sense. Being like a mid-range guy, he said, DeMar, the thing about him is really elevated his game. He's like, he had his hand on it. Like, the ball is on a yo-yo with him. His handles are extremely well. And he's very, like, deliberate. He's not, he's some, he's like slow pump faking, but he knows, you know, he knows LaMelo's going to jump at the first pump fake because he's young. So, boom. And then he has another guy, P.J. Washington, he pump fakes on him, like waiting on somebody else. Is he going to help or not? Then goes up over the top of this Smith because he knows he can shoot over the top of him. That's easy. He's taller. He's 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, yep. You know, it's just like 6'1", 6'2". He's like, that's easy. So, he's over the top of him. Like, that's game. He's like, he's just – the game is slow. He's never in a hurry. Even when the shot clock's low, he's not in a hurry. And every time they needed him to make a bucket, he just went and got a bucket at any point in time. Then he made a couple threes in the second half. I was like, dude, this dude's legit. Like, watching him work. Then Levine's just stupid athletic still. He's so explosive of an athlete. Mm. And now he's developed into, like, a real game. He's developed a three-point shot. So the Hornets have to continue to develop. Like, Miles Bridges, dude, I loved when all of a sudden he played angry. But, like, he needs to – he argued with the refs all night. All night he yes. argued with the refs. Yes. <laughs> all night. This, and it's just like, man, like, dude. And, and I wish P.J. Washington would just seem a little bit like, I want more. You want more out of him, but he doesn't give you more. He doesn't have – I don't think he has more to he give. He teases you with it. He does. Um, there are a lot of people that think P.J.'s – And LaMelo just – he's young. He just has to develop. The one thing I love about LaMelo's game is that he's a, like a big shot maker. Yes, it, I would it, agree with that. All right, he's not, that. but none of these guys in, are, are streaky. And when Kelly Oubre's off, he gives you nothing. You know what I mean? Like, he's not going to help you. He's not, I mean, he's very athletic. He'll block a shot every I, now and I, then. But. I, I commend him for some of the defense he has played as of late. <laughs> yeah. Shooting the three-pointer has been just atrocious. <laughs> uh, at one point, him and Miles, I forget what they are right now, but I want to say 11 of 78 uh, or something horrible at, at the moment. Like, it's just awful. Miles was off, too. And, like, but Miles can be a guy, I, I wish he would be more – 
like go to the rack. Don't just settle for this corner three that they continue to give you all the time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I want you to like attack and go get buckets because he's so powerful and athletic at the rim. Like you can do that. I just wish he would do more of that, mm -mm. especially without Gordon Hayward on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's just my outtake. But listen to Gerald talk, bro. It was like really good. Uh, listen to a basketball mind oh, yeah. with his analysis Absolutely. who's done some things and be able to break it down with it's me. It was great good. to hear guys talk like yes. that. No, I, I'm but you have the stats to back it up. No, I can I just, only no, talk off. I was off. just going to say, this is the worst shooting team in the NBA over the past half dozen games. Um, they still somehow are second in the league in scoring uh, points per game. Um, they just have had everything go wrong. And the deadline is in now three hours away. So I, we're going to wrap this up, but, and I'm going right on air in like two and a half. Or but Kyle, hour. Kyle, I'm let going me on air in, in an hour and 51 minutes. Can, can I tell you who, who? Oh, you are, yeah, an I hour am, and 51. Yeah. yeah. Kyle, but I do got to tell you this, and I know we're going to be quick here. But are you good? Sitting that close to the Hornets bench, I'm literally like feeling like one of the coaches, like, what the, what the fuck, man? <laughs> Dude, they went down three or four straight times and played the wrong defense. The assistant coach who was trying to call the defense, whatever it was called, yep. he kept running, yelling out five, and they were not doing it clearly. Luckily, the Bulls missed a couple shots. But, like, this dude was losing his mind. I bet. I bet. Losing his mind. I mean, they were yeah. – the, <laughs> so, the Bulls – so, okay, to make that point again, the Hornets have gone – they are now the worst shooting team in the NBA – in that same stretch, the Bulls are the third best shooting team in the NBA. They have been on fire as of late, and they just lit the Hornets up last oh, night. Oh, man. And you had guys who – this guy, Brown or Bell, like he hasn't scored all game, bro. Next you know, shot out of the corner. The Hornets have missed two corner threes. This dude hasn't shot a three or done anything all game. He gets it in the corner, wets it. I'm like, see? That's an NBA player, though. Like, you don't – corner threes, like, that has to be money for them. Yeah. An NBA player. Yeah. And then you can't let it get kicked out to the one white boy that's on the, that actually plays for the Bulls at the top of the key. You think he's not going to hit that three? <laughs> You're dumb. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah. Last night was tough, man. It was. And, and it I'm was. Looking, and I'm about to go hop on the air for four hours and, and talk to probably some angry Sorry. folks. Angry Sorry folks. about that. I mean, why are they mad? Because they don't do anything. Well, here's the, the buyout market's still there. All right, so you got the buyout market coming up. You're gonna, and apparently the buyout market looks pretty good this year. I mean, like really good potentially. You know, so guys, you can pick up off the street. Oh um, yeah. So I mean, there there will be dudes out there that you can pick up, and uh, maybe they're wait. In some ways, and I'm going to talk about this too. I wonder. You know, I think they want to keep Miles Bridges long term. I agree. But Miles was playing his way into at one point potentially stupid money. Um, right. I now, still think he can get that. Well, no, I think he can too. I, I and I I don't want to see him not get that, but I do think they might want to just see them play see them play this out and see if they can play their way out of it to make sure the money that they do commit to Miles is the right amount of money, right? If well, they, not only that, but his money value goes up if they do get in the playoffs and he plays well. You got mm -hmm. more cameras, more eyes, and right. it would be more talked about. Absolutely. So, yes, that does matter. But you also, um, you know, if you look at it the right way, and if you're from – if you're the Hornets – side and what they're thinking they understand all of that as well and they wonder they want miles bridges to be successful here but what you do is you let him see what he's going to get offered and then you be ready to match the offer sheet but he's going to make 100 million dollars the one thing that's so different about basketball than football is when you're a football free agent like dude you're just trying to negotiate the best deal and on that side because the money's not guaranteed they're trying to get it at the best deal so the deals aren't always the same 
In basketball, because the money's guaranteed, you know about where you're going to get. And the NBA's done a better job by making it a max deal, super max, blah, 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 blah. So, and, you know, the home team can pay you certain such. Like, it's so much more written in stone. So, I'm just going to do this because I got four hours of trade talk. So, I don't want to spend too much time because this shit will get dated really sorry, quickly. Sorry, sorry. No, Kyle. no, you're good. You're good. But I just did look down to see there was another four-team trade. Uh, Serge Ibaka to Milwaukee. Marvin Bagley to the Pistons. Uh, I, I got to look some more at this right now. But, yeah, the deadline's coming up. Um, okay. Well, how about that? Dude, it's popping off, bro. Popping off. You got it, man. You're gonna have a great day on the, on the, on the radio today. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm well, 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 I'm glad you're just not on, on social media. What's that? Cause right now Carolina's a hot, like the fan base here in Carolina is just a hotbed of like mush right now. All right. The Panthers aren't good. Um, and they don't know what's going on. Um, the Hornets were doing so great, and then now they're on this big slide. <laughs> Everybody's ready to slit their wrists because, like, the Hornets were, like, a big like, – you know, they have a lot of star power, and the, this city really was is a happy place when the Hornets are well. So, so, so yeah, we'll see, man. We'll I, see. I, I, I don't think anything kind of pops off, but nah. I don't think they should either. So, no, nah. they just, just got to get better. You said, by the way, earlier that uh, you were excited for the uh, Super Bowl halftime show. Um, yes, said, yeah, so, Snoop Dogg, you see Dr. Snoop, Dre. You, well, you saw Eminem. the news yesterday. Snoop acquired yeah, he, Death Row Records. Acquired Death Row Records. It's crazy how life comes full circle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what he does with it. Well, and like it was the perfect. I mean, his his management people are obviously good at what they do, but the week leading into performing halftime at the Super Bowl, right? He teased the new track with Nas, which is what back to Death Row uh-huh. or back on Death Row, and then uh, the announcement today. I guess some other maybe event earlier this week, but I mean, just all building up to a Super. These guys know what they're doing. He does Him know what he's Dre, doing. They, they all know what they're doing. I they mean, do. It's really – first of all, they've all grown older and, you know, it, it become successful in similar but very different ways. And, you know, obviously Dre sold beats to Apple and, you know, on top of everything else and just made stupid money, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and what Snoop's done. But then, M, did you – the uh, mom spaghetti chain, you saw that, right? No. He started a chain of restaurants called Mom's Spaghetti. I didn't know Eminem did that. And it's apparently really good, and it's uh, very successful. That is awesome. How great is that, dude? That's so good. But, like, all those guys have kind of grown up, man. And, look, man, when you get older, you learn different things, too, right? You learn how to be successful in other avenues of of life, right? That's kind of the whole thing is you can't be a rapper forever. You can't be a football player. You can't be an athlete forever. So how do you continue to take those lessons you learned from (laughs) where you were great and implement it into something else. What else are you laughing at over there, Kyle? No, I'm just, I Googled it again. Just to, just to look Mom's at it. Mom's spaghetti? Yeah. No, it's just brilliant. It's brilliant. I mean, it's one of the, the, dude, the, it was one of the most, the best lines, yeah, dude. Ever. Because ever. Everybody knows it. Yes. So when I saw for the first time that Eminem was opening a chain of restaurants called Mom's Spaghetti, I lost it. And Eminem's videos were so good back then, too. They, well, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean. M wouldn't be Eminem would not be the biggest. He wouldn't be the star that he is right now if if he existed today. And I don't want to. No. I don't want to get into some things you can't do now argument because you know we've all t- heard right, about right, that. Right. But like, there's no way. Like he he's an icon now. I don't think he reaches icon status if if he's uh, if he arrives ten fifteen. There's no way. No way. Not with his lyrics or anything. Mm-hmm. I mean he mm-hmm. yeah. But I, I can't I, wait. I mean, to, I, that's why he probably doesn't even perform anymore. Well, right. right. <laughs> I mean, he, yes, absolutely. Right. <laughs> like, Look at what's going on with Joe Rogan right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Everybody's trying to get Joe thrown the hell off Spotify right now. Dude, and like, it's like, man, not only that, but then you guys want to do this now that 
I've signed this one deal. Like, this is all I can be on mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's insane that Joe Rogan's <laughs> podcast has become. Which, which, so, and my thing is this, Kyle. Is This is my opinion on it. Now, when, like, saying the N-word, dude, you just can't say it, okay? No. Like. God, no. No. It doesn't matter. I don't care who you think's not listening to you. Like, it's wrong is wrong is wrong, okay? That's that. Put that to bed. Now. The other things that everybody wants to be really about, right? Because that they just do the, you know, they made they went and looked up all the, the end times he said n word because they didn't get them on the first thing that they really were mad at, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so then they they you know with the whole conspiracy theorists, all this other COVID stuff, mm -hmm. this is what they were really initially mad at. Yeah, and I'm like, look. Joe Rogan, one thing you can't knock him on is that he brings people from all walks of life onto his show. Like quirks on every realm, even like, you know, you want to talk about uh, the hidden city of Atlantis? They've talked about it on Joe Rogan, mm -hmm. you know, and people mm -hmm. that really believe they know where it is. And like they have different signs and like where the sand is at here. Like they're all on there. OK, yeah. Yeah. so this is not just. If he if he has them, I think he should be able to have others on there as well. And so that's what and but now people that don't ever listen to Joe Rogan or don't have never listened to him and he's been on what, twelve years? Here's yeah. And uh, like, I, I forget how many years. I mean, Let me stop Elon right Musk was smoking weed I, with him. I, I, for what you said right there about that, <laughs> Joe Rogan apparently he did stand up last night, last night in Austin, and ripped the shit out of himself. Ripped the shit out of himself. <laughs> I think what he said was if you're taking medical advice from me, what dumb shit were you about to do before you turned my podcast on? <laughs> you know, and he said, here's my advice. Don't take my fucking advice. Yeah. Right. And so he also opened it by saying, you know, I, 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 I listened to myself on that video that was said. And he said, and as I'm listening to it, he goes, yeah, that's fucking racist. And I'm like, he was very apologetic. Now take that for what it's worth. But he ripped the shit out of himself last night in stand up. Um, I've listened to Joe Rogan. For a number of years. You have. I know you. Now, I've, I've not listened that. to Joe very much the last two years um, for, a, for a number of reasons. And it, it has very little to do with the current controversy because I never thought that, you know, Joe was the person I would ever seek out medical advice from anyway. Mm -hmm. You know, I listened to Joe because at, when, he, when he built up his profile, he had some very interesting people. Very, and, and even not even uh, very famous people. You know, when it came to the UFO stuff, some of those guys were really interesting. <laughs> yes. Right? He would have very, like he would have. <laughs> Um, you know, uh, he's had FBI people on there. Like he's had all types. He has neurobiologists on that I found. Right. Like so, so there were uh, there are a lot of very interesting conversations that he has had with people. I was I had no idea that he went on a racist rant like that all those years ago <laughs> until I saw that compilation video that was made, and, right. and I was just that's cringeworthy. It doesn't begin to describe that, um, and just absolutely offensive and racist and wrong. And and I'm glad at least he's acknowledged that. Um, but like there are, I would still listen to episodes of Joe Rogan's podcast right now. And I don't care if that hurts anybody's feelings. If he has someone interesting on, I'll still listen to it. In fact, I intend to, because I think Joe is an idiot about certain things. I've always thought Joe was an idiot about certain things, but I like him in his, in his, uh, UFC role. Yeah. Um, I, some of his stand up has been absolutely hilarious. Mm -hmm. Um, and then on top of that, you know, I, I just, I think he's, I don't think he's a horrible person. I think he's made some really bad decisions with something that has outgrown anything that he ever expected that it would be. <laughs> and be and that's not me apologizing for him or caping for the guy. I just never took him that seriously to begin with. 
I just thought here's a guy who, yeah, can can be pushed and, and you know pulled and swayed in either direction depending upon who he's talking to. He's very agreeable, and you know, yeah. he, so he'll end up taking 17 different perspectives. <laughs> I don't care. He gets interesting people on the on there, and he's a good conversation. And not only that, but he seems so interested in what the people are saying. Absolutely. <laughs> but here's the thing: the last two years, I've kind of grown tired of it. Um, I think he has too many comedians on these days for my taste, uh, although I know what he's trying to do. He's trying to amplify, you know, talented people who don't have the same platform, and I get that. Um, but I just the, – the COVID stuff, the Dr. Michael Osterholm thing that he did at the very beginning of COVID, he had renowned virologist uh, Dr. Osterholm on his podcast. Um, and he – Osterholm's done a ton of TV and report. You know, they always go to him as an expert, one of them. And he actually – that – podcast episode was used as a gotcha on Joe Rogan about a week ago or so ago because in that initial podcast Joe was just ripping anti-vaxxers and he's saying I don't get these people they're scary like vaccines are one of the greatest achievements in mankind and so on and so so I mean very very different tone I actually played a portion of that for my audience on WFNZ when the pandemic first started because it was good information and perspective from mm-hmm. Dr. Ostrom who turned out to be very, very right and accurate with the num- many of the numbers that he put out. Mm-hmm. Um, but the point being, he's taken uh, some different avenues that have pissed people off. He's been wrong. He said some wrong things. He's also said some things that were right. Mm-hmm. And he's also been the target of some like coordinated media attacks that turned out to be very dishonest and very coordinated and very unnecessary um, and unbecoming of, you know, uh, what's supposed to be a professional media network. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, the whole Joe thing has been ridiculous because I don't understand why people are still spending so much time arguing about this guy. Nobody cared that Neil Young was going to take his music off Spotify. Yeah, you know, all due respect, yeah. you're a legend, but you're ancient. And nobody <laughs> below the age of 35 <laughs> Um, you know, listens to your music and, and tell me well a song. Know who you are. Tell me a song. Uh, Joni Mitchell, uh, Neil Young. I don't listen. The only thing I know, you know, what I know about Neil Young is that Leonard Skinner mentions him in a, in a song. That's what I know about it. <laughs> I don't listen to Neil Young and all due I know he's a legend. I just, it's not my, not my thing, you know, so no doubt. we're good. Yeah, we're good. So again, point being Spotify is not walking away from Joe Rogan. Okay. So he's going to keep doing his thing and he might keep pissing you off. Apparently he seems though, like in the way that he's talking right now, he might just kind of start to steer away from this. Um, and I think, well, look at, at some point in time, you, you must understand my boy, fast Freddie would say it. Like when you have the microphone in your hand, you control the room. Okay. So you can't let all the naysayers and the haters continue to bark and you continue to feed them energy because then they only continue to live on. Let me tell you something. You got to stop feeding them energy. Yes, absolutely. But like there is, remember you and I had this conversation with Matt Darty on one of the earlier episodes of this podcast Mm -hmm. where you and I agreed and disagreed with Coach about how people need to take accountability for the information that they take in. Yeah. That, you know, you can't just scream fake news media all the time because, you know, you have to be accountable for the, you know, for the right, information right, right. that you choose to believe. Right. Um, and so the point of that being, that's also applicable in this conversation. Right? Mm-hmm. Isn't yeah. it? So, I mean, I think that needs to be taken into account, too. I, I think that's that, that theory, I should say, needs to be taken into account, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that, you know, say, for instance, when I was young. When you listen to it, how much are you really believing that? Right. I mean, are, are you really going to Joe Rogan? You know, and I realize he's got a massive audience, but are you really going to Joe Rogan? Um, over like real news or, or, to a physician. or people that really, yeah, or, or, or people to, that really do, you know, what they do. I, I don't know, WebMD, you know, yeah, the, yeah, literally yeah. anything, <laughs> um, you know, any, any major university hospital, I mean, right. Cleveland Clinic, John Ho- Johns Hopkins. I mean, they all have, they had these things for a long time. So anyway, when I was young, right, I work in radio. I've always been fascinated by radio. And when I found out who Alex Jones was 
and that he apparently had a big syndication of network uh, of stations, a big syndication network of his radio show. Um, I started listening to Alex Jones from Infowars. Now, before anybody freaks out about me saying that, um, I was fascinated because I at least I was armed with the information that he was a little bit nutty going in, mm-hmm. so I, I wasn't you know swept off my feet. And I also yeah, wasn't yeah, twelve, yeah. right? I was like yeah, yeah, yeah. sixteen or seventeen or whatever it was when I first heard Alex Jones. I thought Alex Jones was wild, and I I thought he was outrageously entertaining, full of shit. Like I mean, I knew this was some of the dumbest, craziest shit that I'd ever heard in my life. Yeah, yeah, but you didn't think people actually really listened, right? I didn't think they <laughs> believed it, right? So I didn't last very long. Like I tuned into Alex Jones maybe you know for a couple of months, a few times a week, just to see what this crazy bastard's up to. Yeah, and then I stopped because I got interested. I in can't even. Else. I don't think I've but ever then, listened then, to that, an that was episode. Before that, I'm sorry, that was before he went on to Sandy Hook, you know, and all the false flags. And oh, all, oh, and all the lizard okay. people. And and all the gay frogs and all right. the, you know because he's been like machines. different waves like so you got him when he was moderate like mild no i think he was still batshit insane i just didn't get you know he wasn't that you know mainstream but okay now, it wasn't made i don't understand so, so, <laughs> I, so i've i completely got away from alex jones for a number of years right i was like that guy's crazy as shit i you know but i was funny back in the day so come full circle i guess however many number of years later i see joe rogan has alex fucking jones on his podcast what's happening here turns out they're friends Right. And so that was one of my first cues early in Joe Rogan that, like, okay, Joe's a little off. Like, you know, Joe, yeah, he's the fear factor guy. Um, he's the talk radio guy. You, you know, that sitcom, right? He's in yes. that too. Um, yeah, he's those things, but he's also a meathead who fights people for fun. Right? He does. So he's, he's he knows very the ring. smart. Yeah. Very, very, very intelligent um, in, in certain ways. But uh, he's, he's a meathead at heart too. So he's quirky. Right. He's friends with Alex Jones, you know, and, and maybe friends was a little I don't know. But he had Alex Jones on his podcast several times <laughs> and I listened to them and I was ju- you want to talk about captivated the first time I listened to Joe Rogan and Alex Jones and found out these guys had a previous relationship of some kind. Um, and I was absolutely blown away. But yeah, he's insane. He's a crazy person. <laughs> and like, you know, I've, I know there are people out there that will point to things and say, well, Alex Jones was right about this. What about this? <laughs> what about that? I'm like, well, I don't have 99 million other fingers to point to all the other shit, man. And I don't have time for this. So if you have an InfoWars bumper sticker on the back of your truck. Is well, that, was ha- that, that was the name of his show is the InfoWars? Oh, yeah. so that's the name of the network. I mean, they, oh, yeah. Well, he lost the lawsuit, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he, he, Alex Jones, um, that Sandy Hook stuff is among well, the Well, the most, Sandy Hook thing was really it, bad. It's among the most despicable things that right. I've ever seen done in media. But anyway, I digress. Yes. And, and the fact that they... Well, that's like almost like the whole like fake news thing, right? Where like people really don't believe our own media. And I understand that they do cut and splice and people do. They're not 100%. I get it. And I just, I just hope, and I don't know if, but I hope that at one point in time, this country will go back to when like we can actually like trust that everything's okay. Like that when we're really, I just want them to report the news, you know? Like, yeah. Don't be so hot button topic where everybody's trying to kill the other one and this one's so wrong all the time. And I'm like, bro, it's probably somewhere in the middle, somewhere in there. I just want us to get back to there. I we hope. weren't we weren't built. And that that's one of the things that this book, getting coming kind of full circle to it, the whole four agreements thing gets into. You know, it's about the the domestication of people and mm-hmm. how, you know, dreams are not just at night, but you know, when we sleep, but dreams are also throughout the day. There's just a framework that through which we see them and um, that it's the dreams of past generations and the people that we're born yeah. from 
you know, that we inherit and, and we take those rules as the gospel and that's the way we're supposed to be. And, you know, we get older and there's judgments and expectations and things. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's one of the things that it gets into. But, uh, man, it's, it's crazy. I just don't understand. Joe Rogan should not, like, we shouldn't have governors <laughs> and candidates for the presidency talking about Joe Rogan <laughs> and Spotify. It shouldn't be happening. Like, it, it should not be happening. That's and, happening right now? What? what? Yes. Like Ron DeSantis told him, he's like, don't back down. Don't give in to the mob. Don't you give an inch. <laughs> right? Like somebody else said this. I think Donald Trump Jr. said the same thing last night. Joe Rogan does not. That, that's the one thing that people, I think, don't understand about Joe Rogan sometimes. That video is horribly racist, right, what he said. Mm-hmm. Because he continued to use that word in a way that, even if he doesn't mean it, he used it because he thought it was funny. It's not funny. It's hurtful to a lot of people, yeah, yeah. right? So you don't do that. But I can also pull you a video of Joe, and I've seen it because I posted it before, long before I saw this, of him, uh, you know, basically it was during, the I think, the 2016 presidential campaign, maybe later, talking about Donald Trump and just racism in general and, and talking about how, you know, most people now in this day and age, you know, they get it, right, that race shouldn't be a factor, that we're all just born in different places on Earth and different climates mm-hmm. and our skin color has nothing to do. And so he goes on this, you know, for Joe Rogan, somewhat eloquent rant, you know, about how racism just doesn't make any sense and why people who still choose to practice or see that the world that way, you know, are bad people and, and don't understand the way things. So anyway, I can pull that, too. And there are several instances of that. Mm-hmm. So I only say that to say that's the epit- that, that's like the essence of Joe Rogan. Right. He's he contradicts himself. He's all over the place. <laughs> He's all even over when it, it comes to stuff like this, even if he might not have meant to be a hateful, racist person, you said some really shitty stuff that you shouldn't have said. And so now you've lost the benefit of the doubt with a whole lot of people that you're probably never going to get back. And I think he's aware of that. And I wouldn't be surprised if in the not too distant future, he might start to like wind down the podcast. I could be wrong about that. because There's a whole lot of money in play. But like in the next couple of years, I wouldn't be shocked if he starts to wind it. It's the biggest podcast on the planet. Um, like how long, I guess you can do that as long. You can do it as long as you want to. Do you want to though? Especially if, if you're going to be going through stuff like this all the time. Is it going to be all the time? I, I definitely think this is a big scar for him. And so how does he respond from here going forward? Yeah. Do they continue to just always try and lash out at him? Does he have to? And also, it's you know, when you're doing your own thing, like you want to be your own artist, right? You want to do your own, you know, you want to paint your own painting and and do your own show in the likes in which you want to do it. And so if he has to continue to curtail that and kind of pull himself back, I think he's I think that would cause him to say no. Bro, I got to be honest with you. I did not see this podcast. We're, we're, we're a podcast talking about a podcast. You don't get more meta than that shit right there. But <laughs> didn't see this going to Joe Rogan the way that it did. But I'm glad we got that out there. Because you know what? If everybody else is going to weigh in on Joe Rogan, um, why not us? And to, to go back to what I said earlier, nobody has stronger opinions about Joe Rogan than people who have never listened to the Joe Rogan podcast. That's true. That's, that's, the, that's the one that thing that true. really bothers me about this. Because you know, I, the, for the people that hate him, they might not realize that for the most part, I agree with them and the sentiment as to why they're upset, you know, and what upsets them about this. I do. What bothers me about you is that I know you've never bothered to listen to a single episode. So even if only to inform yourself, you haven't taken the, the opportunity to do that. Some people have. I, maybe even lots of people have. But, like, that's sort of this Twitter, Internet culture that we've become. And you have a lot of people that only live life that way, you know, through that prism, through that, that tunnel, that conduit. Or they take it outside. And a lot of people have to the way we treat each other and interact with each other in the outside world. And it's spilled over into violence and, you know, over-the-top political activism and, you know, just crazy shit. 
and and it you know that, malicious. That's, you got it. That's that's why I've cut back on the social media. Can this we week. talk about? Well, at some point, because malicious. It's it's awful. It's absolutely terrible. And I, I'm ashamed in some ways to even admit that I had to use it so much. I mean, it's part of the job. There's no doubt. Right. Right. But when it becomes a f- like you and I sending each other funny videos on Instagram just oh. adds another couple of minutes to me on the phone when I could be off. It know, sure does. Like swapping out some shells. Some of those things are funny, bro. So, you know, I mean, again, like I'm not saying people shouldn't enjoy social media. You do you. But for me, can I, I just say what I've really enjoyed on social media since you've been off in these last couple of days hmm. is that. As the closer it gets to Valentine's Day, having dudes doing Shit. Valentine's Day workouts, pretending to like, oh, that was uh, hilarious. Pretending to like That's hump the, the ball or work out. That's the last video that I saw you <laughs> sent me before I deleted it off my phone. That's the last one, man. Those that's been pleasantly uh, a good surprise for me yeah, on social media. Yeah, no doubt. All right, um, I think I meant to say something there at the end. I'm probably going to kick myself for not saying it. But uh, what are you talking about, Joe? Hmm. You weren't talking about Joe Rogan. Oh no, I just was. <laughs> never mind. Um, no, they, they people have strong opinions who've never listened to them. So, like, inform yourself. That's all, and that's that's why I've kind of gotten away from it. You know, just in terms of, I, I'm not arguing with people anymore. I'm not like giving my time away. People who say shitty things to you, it, it it's, has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with them. And like that prism, that four agreements, like it's a great way to, to look at life through that way. And it's pretty cool. I check it out. So uh, I'll, I'll let you borrow the book. Anyway, I gotta go to work. We gotta get out of here. All right, man. We Do your thing. The weather's we beautiful outside. We snuck in a good one, man. Like Sneaky it. good, bro. We're getting better at this in the Rob Ninkovich episode. The, the, the David Robinson episode as well. Mike we're, Singletary. We'll talk too. to you next time. 51 coming up next. Ooh, I've already got a good one. I'll tell you next time. For Roman Harper, I'm Kyle Bailey. Work hard. Be nice to each other. <laughs>